Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that, let's I just love love the questions. I don't want to into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is Finnish Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You're Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. <laughs> do some facts sometimes, Butler. Don't take my facts. <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Cinema podcast, but if he does, boo! Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because of a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what you love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Nice. All right. We are joined today by our friend, Russ Lyman. How friend, you doing friend, today, Russ? Friend's a strong word. Jeez, <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> right off the bat, we're starting. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Yeah, I had you guys on my show quite a few times, so it's great to, to come on the podcast. That's right. right. We were we're on, on your Pass or Play show, one of your 40,000 different shows on YouTube. So we're on two, we had two episodes. <laughs> That's did. the most, right? Are we, the, are we the biggest guest stars you've had? So the far, biggest, yeah. The, You're the, the two most. returning. Nice. I'm a three-timer, actually. Whoa, I got to get on that again. That's now. true. Yeah, Mike Without has one Mike. up on you. Without Mike. <laughs> Do you guys play RBI baseball at all? Nobody? <laughs> <laughs> so we have Russ here. Are you okay over there, Squeaks? I'm okay. I'll, my chair's a little squeaky. <laughs> we have Russ here because we're here to talk about the night. I just you introduced this. I don't want to introduce this movie. <laughs> I can't do this because this this movie is flying in the face of everything that Forgotten Cinema is about. But go ahead. We are doing the 1995 video game film classic. Can't call it a film. <laughs> and it's classic. <laughs> it is classic with a K, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Everything in everything in the podcast description I'm going to write is that it has a C is going to have a K in it <laughs> just to confuse people. We're doing the 1995 film. God, if, if Martin Scorsese didn't like Marvel movies, he would actually take a dump on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Marty. <laughs> I don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so when I was before we get into it, because I know I do the facts um, and Russ, you, when I'm doing them, feel free to just jump on in and yeah, tell yeah. me what, you know, whatever you think, please. It's a free for all, basically. But. We, me and you, Butler, we've talked about doing Forgotten Cinema, like a spinoff of yes. Forgotten Cinema Fight Club, where each of me and you take a position on either side of a movie that we either love or you don't love. You love and I hate. I feel I, like this right. is almost like a this uh, is, good gateway This episode. is going to be almost like, and Russ, I'm glad that you picked this movie. This is almost <laughs> going to be like a prequel to that. It's It's true. Because I found very little, very, I mean, very little that I enjoyed. 
I really like this movie. <laughs> and that it's is a, a mistake. It is, I will that say, is a mistake. It is absolutely a guilty pleasure. And I was thinking about Martin Scorsese's quote. Because um, <laughs> when we were recording this, he has just said his quote about how he equates Marvel films to theme parks and how they're not cinema. And I was thinking about this the whole time. And sometimes, you know, you enjoy a theme park. Sometimes you have fun at a theme park. Right. And yeah, I mean, this movie is bad but i think it's bad in not all the right ways because sometimes it's just bad all right, well let me but it's bad in a lot of good ways let me okay, just get okay. to the facts and then we'll get into you know because i because we picked this movie with you russ so like we kind of like well, what should we do and what's so you, the best worst you suggest <laughs> you suggested this movie right right right. okay so then we'll get into why you suggested okay. this movie because i know what mike did because he has an unblinding <laughs> love for it but anyways so the movie is called mortal kombat <laughs> <laughs> that's my facts i'm out everybody uh, <laughs> But I will say it made money. It made a lot of money uh, compared to its budget. So it was released on August 18th, 1995. It's a Friday. Uh, it had an $18 million production budget. It made in its opening weekend, $23 million. Domestic 70, worldwide 122. It was actually number one in its first three weekends, which is, I'm not going to knock that. That's impressive. Um, it's 101 minutes, PG-13, which that's evident. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. So the same... Uh, the same weekend it came out, the 18th, like I said, you had it up against the Babysitter's Club. None of you, I've seen the Babysitter's Club. I've seen the Babysitter's okay. Club. Uh, and the usual suspect, suspects, which was only on 42 screens. So that was probably just like a limited release before it came out wide, which is obviously fantastic. So, um, yes. Uh, quick side note for the Babysitter's Club. When back in the day, I know I've told you this story. Back in the day, Russ used to work in the movie theaters as well. You would watch, you would watch movies late at night. You wouldn't do like now, like, you know, the, the corporate has you know kind of clamped down on people like you know screening movies late at night right but when it wasn't so tight everyone that worked at the theater you knew thursday night you were going to go watch them you were going to oh what's the new movie coming out on friday when they built the films they had to test the films to make sure that the films were built the right way because you had reels that come in that were 20 minutes each and they had to put they had to splice all the reels together they didn't come full it wasn't like now it's all digital so you would have to screen the movie to make sure that you did the right edit and you did the right cut so the projections would watch it and then the staff would just mm -hmm. go in and watch it with them why right, not right. it's a free movie um, we ha but now you have to do it for every movie. So you got to the point where like, if I wanted to watch, like say like the matrix, right. Like it was going to be like, well, you're going to have to watch, you're going to have to help me and watch this crappy movie too, because you had to, you couldn't just like, I don't want to, that movie sucks, but it's like sometimes it's part of your job to help them and kind of write down the notes and stuff like that. So we had to do the babysitters club. The movie is, is not for me. It's for a younger audience, right. obviously. And it's a, it's a teen, it's a kid's movie, not a kid's movie, but kind of like a, tween movie i guess yeah it was the funniest screening i've ever been to because all we did was crack jokes in front of it while we were watching it and it was <laughs> like and they're jokes i can't repeat here <laughs> but it was it was very funny so that's long story short uh the week after this the 25th came out desperado i'm sure we all remember that lord of illusions do you remember lord of illusions with scott bacula it's clive mm -hmm. clive barker wait yes yeah yes. okay and Beyond Rangoon, that was with Patricia Arquette. I only know of it by name. <laughs> and then September 1st, two weeks after that, you had The Prophecy. That's what Christopher Walken. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, you're not looking at, because it was, like we said, it, it was number one in its first three weekends. None of that stuff came close. It destroyed the Babysitter's Club. Desperado was like a close second in, in its first week, Mortal Kombat second week. And The Prophecy became a cult classic. It didn't really yeah. hit in theaters. The week before Mortal Kombat, you had the, which was the 11th. So the week before the 18th, you had Dangerous Minds, which was the Michelle Pfeiffer movie, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, and A Walk in the Cloud. So you did not have a lot 
in this summer. And definitely nothing to compete against. Nothing that's like Mortal Kombat. No genre. Correct. I mean, you could. Desperado is the action movie. Well, that's the week after. Right. Yeah, that's about the only thing. But Desperado was, I mean. Is that rated R? Desperado? Yes, Desperado so. was rated R. But also, yes. And also, I mean, that's Antonio Banderas, but he wasn't like huge yet. That oh, was like okay. what made yeah, yeah. him huge. And, and same for Robert Rodriguez, because that's obviously the sequel slash remake of El Mariachi. Kind of like where Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Which so, we brought up. Right. Last right. time when we brought up Zorro, we talked about that. Correct. Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah. not, not to be confused with Paul Anderson. Um, he is responsible for Event Horizon, which I enjoy. I do like that. Soldier and the Resident Evil franchise. I mean, I don't think he directed all of them, but he did some of them. No, I think he directed all of them. There's a bunch of other movies he has done. He has been around. You've seen his movies. Uh, this movie is actually his first big movie, which it shows. Uh, written by Kevin Droney. Who did Jake and the Fat Man TV series, Highlander TV, Wing Commander, his last credits, Wing Commander in 99. So he hasn't done anything since. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Music by George S. Clinton, not to be confused with George Clinton, um, who actually did all did the, he just, of all them. He's done a ton of he's a ton of credits. But the ones that I pick out are the ones I think people would remember who would know is the Austin Power series. He's done mm-hmm. all those cinematography by John R. Leonetti, who's responsible for the mask, the conjuring Piranha 3D. He actually directed Annabelle. So, I mean, you know, he is his experience, not back then, but now in kind of like, I guess, horror. Yeah, because, you know, like darker. I get that. It works yeah, with Mortal Kombat. Tones. Yeah. So real quickly, I'll go through the cast. And if and anyone's are f- fans of um, Mortal Kombat, the game, I'm sure you know all the, the, the characters <laughs> involved. Uh, Lord Raiden is Christopher Lambert. Uh, he is from Highlander, which is a great movie. And he also played Tarzan, Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan. Liu Kang is played by Robin Shaw or Shao, probably Shao. Uh, not many credits. Beverly Hills Ninja, Death Race. Johnny Cage is Lyndon Ashby. You might know him from TV's Melrose Place and actually more recently Teen Wolf, the TV series. is on that. Shang Tsung is Kari, excuse me, Kari uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa. I Usually apologize. you just go by Tagawa. There's a Tagawa? Tagawa yeah. Mike knows him from License to Kill. Uh, mm-hmm. I know him from Rising Sun. And, I also know him from The Last Emperor. And he's in Man in the High Castle. You watched that, right? Yes. Okay. He's also, and I have to remember who he was, but um, in John Carpenter's Vampires, he's a character, apparently. I'm sure, what is he, a vampire? I don't remember. Is he I've John Carpenter's it. vampire? Okay. <laughs> uh, Sonya Blade played, played by Brigitte Wilson back then. She is now known as Brigitte Wilson Sampras. Um, she was in Billy Madison and Last Action Hero. Those are two you might remember. Billy Madison, of course, was actually was on the other day on HBO. Uh, I remember watching that. Ah, Billy Madison. Sasoto's <laughs> Katana. She was also in License to Kill Mike. Trevor Goddard is Kano. He's from Pirates Curse of the Black Pearl. That's the only one I got. He actually passed away uh, eight, eight, eight years after this movie. Was oh, made. did he? Yeah. He was in Deep Rising as well. Oh, okay. Yep. And then, yeah, there's Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Reptile played by people you guys don't know, so. I'm not going to put him in there. But those are the other characters from the, the voice movies. of Goro was Kevin Michael Richardson, who when I heard him, yes. I was like, I know this guy. And he's in like a ton of Simpsons he's, episodes. He's Dr. Claw. Family guy, Dr. Claw. Nice. Yeah, Superman, yeah. the animated series, Pinky and the Brain. I mean, this guy is like a huge voice actor. Right. Filmed uh, in August 94 through December 94. A lot of stuff was from Thailand on islands that you couldn't get to unless you had a canoe. And then a lot of the stuff, some of the other stuff was filmed in Los Angeles. So, I mean, we'll get through the other stuff, but. I'd like to talk to Russ about why you should, why, <laughs> I guess, because you know what we're about here. Right. We're about movies that people forget. 
you don't have to have the answer to this. So it's okay. We can figure it. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious why you think maybe this is something that was forgotten. Now, there's very reasons. There's different reasons why movies get forgotten, obviously. Right. So why do you think this would be one that you, you don't hear from a lot of when you talk to people about movies? Um, probably because a lot of people just don't like the video game adaptation movie that come out. Right. Maybe a lot of people that see them aren't actual gamers. They're like, I'd rather play the game than see the movie. Or the people that probably have seen this now are a lot older and they just don't want to go back to it. Compared to, I guess, like movies that come out now, like there was the Mortal Kombat um, YouTube series that came out. That was kind of dark. In 2011 by Machinima. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I think would have done a lot better and been more remembered Mm -hmm. by people than this. Well, that got that series was supposed to spawn a new movie and i don't think that ever it never took, panned yeah, out in the cinema gut yeah the director for that guy i think hired out. for the film yeah and it just kind of went nowhere because mm-hmm. he did two versions of it. he did his own miniseries which was two episodes well they did the short they had the short where they were doing like they were doing the interview with uh scorpion yeah right and, like, and then they had like a reptile disease. that's right yeah and, they, and then like johnny cage died in he fighting um fighting somebody yeah, it i can't was really yeah. dark yeah and they made them uh, yes. the Machinima one where it's like a little lighter. I mispronounced that. I know. Machinima. Machinima. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I wasn't going to correct you, but you right. said it. So now I correct you. <laughs> that was like, that was two seasons, right? I mean, they, they really did two, worked on well, that Well, it, it was Legacy. It was called Legacy. Yeah. yeah. And it had yeah. like different, like some of them were animated yeah, or whatever, yeah. but it was a cool play on it. But I felt like with this, it ended up becoming maybe more of like a cult following like the Super Mario the, Brothers the, movie. The 95 one. The 95 okay. one where it's almost like. Mike said, uh, like a guilty pleasure or something to go back to because there are a lot of nods to the game. So maybe, right. I, maybe that's, the, I like that part of it. Maybe the people that didn't start playing the Mortal Kombat series till later and they're like, oh, there's a movie about it. Like, right, right, right. Let's see that. Oh, and they have some, oh, there's a case. Sub Zero's in there and blah, blah, blah. I got you. I right. mean, that's, I, I can understand that. I mean, it's complete horse shit, but I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like the fact that you, you remember stuff because there was stuff in the movie that I'm watching and I, I know like, like when he says flawless victory a bunch right. of times. Flawless victory. And when he's like, you know, finish him or all the stuff. Like I yeah. know that's, you know, some of their taglines, they say, I know that's from the game and that's fine. It's good fan servicing. Sure. Think, yeah. But like it's, but, Again, this is something uh, for me. When you're watching a movie, you need to judge the movie in it, uh, by itself, right? You know what I mean. So it's it's tough for you to to, to put a movie out there where you're requiring your audience to know the source More material the outside. Yeah. yeah. Now that you're filling in the gaps because right. you're like, I played the game so much and I know this, and mm-hmm. I know right. you know Sonya's after Kano because of this and the backstory with Jax or right. whatever. But if you're just going in as like, here's a cool action movie. Let me check it out. It might not sit as well. Right. And, th- and that being said, a lot of movies now uh, actually do that. Like what we're talking, what I'm saying, like you shouldn't do. They actually do it now because of world building and when you're writing a new screenplay. And obviously with the Marvel movies, that's a big thing. But everything's always about building the world. So like even like when you watch, if you just watch Justice League, you you know, it's supposed it, it, it should stand on its own. But then, you know, you there's like three other movies that it's referencing. Right. You know, so it's just stuff like that. I, I get that that's the way it is now. Well, I still feel with that, though, they want you to reference the movies and not look like I should be playing the games to know the backstory. No, I. Yeah, I understand. This or whatever. But yeah, no, I, absolutely. Well, why do you think it's forgotten? Same thing. I think it hasn't aged well i think it's definitely a remnant of the 90s in terms of effects effects in terms of lighting in terms of acting in terms of 
of what they pull from the video game, uh, which they pull from quite enough, a, a lot. It, it's very faithful to the video game franchise, but I think that almost in terms of a general audience, is it a service? Again, like Russ, you know, I'm I'm a gamer. I love Mortal Kombat. Grew up with it. So like Russ said, I know the backstory as well. So when I'm seeing that talk about Outworld and Katana's 10,000 years old and she had her family, they took over Outworld and they they hint at Shao Kahn. I'm like, right, oh, right. this is actually really faithful. That's kind of cool. And like they get the sets right. That's what I'm looking at it from. But I, I'm, I've am i never been able to look at this movie for, as an outside observer because I grew up with Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this is 95, this came out when I was eight. Mortal Kombat probably came out when I was five. So I've never not known Mortal Kombat. But you don't think it's like that ingrained you, in my you head. can go movies that we watch, that I watch at eight, that you watch at eight or six or seven. They're, they're, like I can understand you loving them in terms of like, I always used to love this movie. It's uh, But at some point you have to be like, it's not good. There are some. I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I didn't say that. <laughs> I said it was a guilty pleasure. I said it. I, like I said, Martin Scorsese's quote was stuck in my head the whole time that it's a theme park. It, this is the absolute definition of a theme park. This is not cinema at all this no, is this movie. is a movie this is a fun ride if you can is it though fun round one fight <laughs> if you can accept it for what it is and i'm not saying shut your brain off because i know you hate that quote and i'm not a huge fan of that quote yeah, either. you but should if hate you can, it too if you can be like hey i just want you know i just want to be entertained sure well this is this is entertaining okay you're either gonna like the fun like the fight sequences the, the music the nods right, of the video right. game or you're going to have fun with how bad it is, how bad Reptile looks when he comes out and he looks like a Nintendo 64 cutscene. Are you are you talking <laughs> are you talking about the Reptile like the animated version or are you talking about when he becomes the person? The animated version, especially when it's light out and they see him for the first time and Shang Tsung goes follow Katana and he turns to this green yellow It's stupid. Awful pixelated thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think he's 64 bits. He might be 32 <laughs> bits. Do you he know that they, 32X. Do you know that they reached they added Rip the fight scene between Reptile and Liu Kang, like the f- person, like after. So they this movie was supposed to come out in May of '95, and they did a screening for people, and screening groups were like they wanted more action, so they went back in and added um, that scene where he throws the digital digitized reptile into that into the yeah into the that, warrior like, statue thing, yeah, yeah. And then then from there they he becomes reptile, and they well, fight. What's funny? I why they chose to make him more reptilian like in the games that were out then reptile was always a ninja not until the later games where he got more reptilian reptilian and, yeah. so it's like well, what's in almost, his was his fin i didn't mean to interrupt you but what's his finishing where we'd rip off his face and he would he would spit his tongue he would always acid, yeah but he'd always like, have the lizard head when he ripped off his mask kind of like how scorpion was a but skull he would, when he yeah did he it. would always wear his uh his uh, ninja gloves yeah. yeah but i feel like maybe that was the people started to veer more toward the movies as time went on but I mean, they also might have made Reptile actual Reptile because you've already got Sub-Zero and you already got Scorpion. So for a general audience, right, they're like, those are three ninjas. Why are they Even just for video color games, swapping yeah, all these ninjas? color swap ninjas. Well, you let can't me ask, have too many Let me ask you this. Since obviously I think throughout this episode we're going to be comparing the game to the movie. Did you like the fact that they have Sub-Zero and Scorpion? They just reference their rivalry. They don't. They don't actually ever, you know what I mean? Like they never say like they hate each other to the end. They just kind of like, yeah, I own them. He's like, I control them, but they hate each other. This is the first time I actually remember him saying that line because right. I always hated that, that they were just like mindless, whatever. Right. right under his and they power. never like, they never like hated each other and they worked together. Mm-hmm. Then he mentioned that. I'm like, all right, that's, 
kind of just a throwaway to make yep. an excuse, but at least they reference it. But yeah, it was just a little, it's a little lame. It's like they didn't have time to delve into that. Right, right. Which I get, it's Liu Kang's story, and you can't, not everybody can be the main character in a single movie. Well, I had issues with, this movie is one of these movies where I was watching it, and I'm just like, because we also talk about doing like, kind of like what they do on Mystery Science Theater for us, where like, we would just be like, talking about the movie and recording the track and right. people wanted to put it's another spin-off that we're <laughs> yeah like you know so like this is one of these movies where i'm just like it's a constant running commentary when i'm as i'm watching it just like oh my god like what what like you know like i have like all these notes in here like johnny cage casual racist johnny cage casual <laughs> creep. like these things because like when he first meets luke kang he's like yeah these are my these are my bags right. with yeah, him. i'm like yeah, whoa I give you the money, you carry the bags. Exactly. Like so like there's quotes that I I, there's just comments that I have here as I go. And it's just like so it felt like one of those movies, like it would just, it's like, like if we were just, we should just be watching it and doing the episode while we watch it. That's absolutely that would have been a good one. Yeah. I mean Mortal Kombat Annihilation still might be good. No, no, no. (laughs) We are done with the Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Um uh, let's talk about let's talk about the effects. Cause I'm watching it. And we all agree they're not great. Right. Okay. They don't hold up. And I'm like, all right, fine. It's the 90s. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Jurassic Park came out in 93. This is 95. And I'm so, and I get, I know now right off the bat, you think, let's think about the $18 million budget. It didn't have any money, obviously. So New Line probably was like, eh, whatever, just go make the movie. I'm sure you know, it went like, to sets. Right. Like uh, location. Right. And the boats and stuff like that. Right. Rather Costume. Than, yeah. uh, and Anderson, I'm pretty sure Anderson got this. He got this job because he did a movie called Shopping with Jude Law. And it was for $100,000. He made that movie for 100000 And they liked what he did in that movie in terms of the low budget, which is why they hired him for this movie. Yeah, so, it still happens today. That happens all the oh, time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, well, right today you have you have. You have today, you have directors that are hired from that do low budget movies and they're hired for big budget films because the the producers know that they can control them in terms of like dictate what they want. Right. So but that's another story. That's another conversation. Um, but yeah, so it, so I, he got this job probably because he can make he could they thought he could do a lot with less. And unfortunately, the effects don't hold up at all. And, they're, and they don't even hold up for 95, like watching it then. They're not good. They're just ugh. like the first shot. I'm just like, ugh. the, the background, they have the, the clouds. And, and right, right. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Everything's superimposed. I'm just like, ugh. some like, of it, like when Sang Shung kind of morphs and some of it, they look, you know, pretty decent when he's Those, fighting. The simple effects are all right. When he like was like when he set up Johnny Cage as his uh his master and he talked to him and he's walking away oh, right. and he's like it burns off him and then you're like oh it was really him right. I feel like by like, then you've already had like probably seven or eight years of that 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 kind of effect has been done since like the eighties but right. like when they did like the matte painting stuff like when they're walking up the steps and right. Johnny Cage slips and his luggage slips and he, falling, slips, and he looks back. ridiculous yeah, it, yeah it's like it's like he's not even on steps what is he doing like if you watch if you just if you blew it up and watch him it's almost like he's up against the wall and he's like. Oh, oh, I'm falling. It, it's really bad. Really bad. <laughs> the effects are not good, but the <laughs> the sets are very good. The sets are very well detailed. They're they're close to the game. They're they're large. Which well, okay, so I don't want to, uh, I you can get to carry on, but I want you to which sets are the game? Like for me, because I, I don't played think the game they're forever. necessarily specific. They're just kind of maybe an homage to a lot of them. like Goro's pit though. Goro's where Goro's having his banquet and stuff. That's close to it. The final fight with Shang Tsung with the spike pit coming out of the Mortal Kombat symbol is right, very reminiscent right. of basically every Mortal Kombat game has something like that. 
the spikes. Yeah, okay. the Outworld set. The Outworld set's really cool because it, it goes on forever. It it looks like it's actually just a huge set. Like they found a city in Europe or whatever right. with all these broken cobblestones, which might just be in Thailand. No, uh, it, I, that was actually I I looked that up. I didn't write it down, but I looked it up. It's a it's an abandoned steel mill in L.A. somewhere in oh, California. Really? Yeah, no, they, they built that. that. Really it, it, well, really, because it looked like they went to Party City and got a bunch of favors from <laughs> Halloween and just you know put them up. I, well, I meant like the broken buildings and stuff oh, like okay. that. How long right. uh, the All stretch right. and stuff. I okay. thought that was cool. I like the look, but it's definitely just like, hey, let's make a video game arena. When they go to Scorpions, when they go to uh, Scorpions Nether Realm. Oh, it's just the wood. Sucks cages. It's just all the wood and the right. straw. Like, what is that? So, well, speaking of that, again, that was the second reshoot they did. So they fought in that wooded area where yep. they're just walking. And which, nobody liked it. Well, no, no. They wanted more action. <laughs> so they, I guess... Initially, Cage beats him with his shadow kick in that scene. Okay. Um, but they want to, instead of doing that, they have him suck into the, the hell the, or whatever. Yeah. They and they, then they added that fight. So. Uh, it's uh, it's the nether realm, guys. Um, <laughs> there are three realms in Mortal Kombat. Uh, there's Earth Realm, Outworld, and then there's the nether realm. Uh, so get it right. <laughs> How about, uh, do you guys remember Art Lean from the game? Yeah. I- <laughs> As soon as he pops up, I'm like, Art Lean. Oh, this guy's not going to make it. Uh, but it's like it's like Liu Kang, Sonya Blade. And they're like, hey, I'm Art Lean. Oh, who? The whole time I'm thinking at right, the beginning, right. right before that, I have I was writing down a note that I had to delete. And it said that there was no black representation in this movie. I was like, I don't understand why they didn't just have Jax. And then Art Lean appears. I'm like, oh, because they just want to kill the only black guy in the movie. They have Jax. He's in there. He's very briefly, briefly in there. Yeah. yeah. But why yeah. not have him fight? I don't know. Well, because he's not. He's he wasn't. Fight. Wasn't he from game two? Wasn't he from Mortal Kombat two? I thought. And yeah, you're right. Because right. I yeah. was looking two. for Baraka and he's from two, right? Yes. Yeah. Baraka's in. Baraka's only in two. I thought Baraka's also in one. No, it, two. Just two. Did, so did but, they, they, but they didn't have. Well, I guess they did Kung Lao. They spent all their money on Goro. All right, they didn't have money. They didn't have money to make Baraka. We haven't to him. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that thing yet. he doesn't even. I, you know, when it first started, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, he's animatronic, and I'm like, oh god, and then I'm thinking they must animate him when he fights. It, it, he and it, it must look awful. And they don't. And it's like, oh, God, that's worse. I think he's the champion. He can't move. I think Goro looks really good. Round two, fight. I don't think he looks bad at all. He looks good if he's just sitting there chilling. But if he's like supposed to fight, he can't move fast. He's a little slow. I mean, here's my thing is. The Ninja Turtles probably can't move that great. Well, actually, no, they can. Raphael fought pretty good. uh, Well, they're 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 guys in suits. Goro's a guy in a suit. He's no, he's got, not. No, he's not. He's just got the extra he's arms. He's not a guy head. in a suit. He's he's a freaking animatronic creature. There's not a guy controlling at least one set of arms in that. No, they were. They didn't bring. They all his stuff is in L.A. and they didn't bring it to Thailand because they were afraid they couldn't control it. They were afraid it would just fall in a puddle and stuff like that. <laughs> I was when you first said they were afraid they couldn't control it. I thought of him going out of control. <laughs> right. I was I was half expecting him to do the total recall thing. Two weeks and his hands gonna come off. <laughs> I love the expression he has when he gets hit in the balls. How do you? I mean, come on. That's funny. Is that Cage's move where he splits and punches? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's talk about the fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have good segues in this episode. Look, because uh, well, you don't reference it. God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, it blows. Like I'm watching some of the stuff they're doing. I'm like, I could do that. 
like the sweep leg stuff. Like it's some just, of it's not hard. Yeah. Did you know that the fight choreographer on this movie is actually the referee from the Karate Kid movie, the first one? Okay. Wow. <laughs> but like, so like what I read was that he was the fight choreographer, but the actor who played Liu Kang, uh, Robin Shao or Shao, mm-hmm. Shao, maybe Shao, had more experience with uh, wire work fighting uh, in China. Right. Uh, not China. Yeah, in China. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yes. I'm sorry. So he actually had a lot of more input. He actually he actually choreographed the two reshoots, the one with Reptile and the one in the Netherworld. Never. Well, that kind of makes sense because they're the best fights. In right. The and this is Anderson's first movie where he did not he had not he did not know how to direct fight scenes. He didn't he never. So he had a lean on uh, Robin for that. So yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. That uh, that but uh, but, but then I was looking up there. Like, what's what's this fight choreograph name? And the big picture is him doing what in the karate camera. He's like, like time out, time out. What are your senses? Turn, kneel. I mean, the fight, the fighting is not the greatest. I mean, some of the stuff like the fight with reptiles are all right. The fight with Johnny Cage and Scorpion's okay. The Shang Tsung fight's super disappointing. I have the note. They they just show elbows the whole fight. It's just all bows. Well, just throwing bows. The the the, the actor playing Shang Tsung, um, what is it again? How did you say it Kerry again? Tagawa. Kerry Tagawa. He is chewing all those scenes up like bubble I gum. Love that. Oh He's the only. God. He is absolutely having a blast. Your soul is mine. Your brother's soul is mine. Fatality. Your soul is mine. He's so good that like <laughs> he's someone that I think every fan of Mortal Kombat loves because I mean even in the newest game Mortal Kombat 11 they brought him back to be the uh, the likeness and the voice of Shang Tsung again in this game. So Mortal Kombat 11 is still another fighting game, right? The one that's out now. They're, yeah, it's just it's just a straight up fighting. Just game, straight right? up fighting okay. game. They've done a few, but spin-offs. they do have you have a story mode that in the game and okay. it's like played out with you know certain cut CGI cutscenes oh, yeah. and then you you know you fight a battle. And then it goes to a cutscene, so it's like a new movie, but CGI. I also didn't notice in the game where Johnny Cage knew how to be a gymnast, and he jumped on that. Do you remember when he's in the Netherworld and he does that Jurassic Park two Lost World style? They gym, gave you the silver for maneuver. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Cage, casual gymnast. <laughs> I mean, I figure he just learned at like stunts and stuff like that. You know, they don't really get into how he became the world's best fighter, like what his background is. Which I have to I which I have to laugh because so the opening scene is him walking in and they have that fight scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's supposed to be moving now, and the guy that's coming down is supposed to be the director who's like, Johnny, where are you going? It looks like Spielberg. Yeah. That was actually supposed to be Spielberg. And he would because he no, he he was supposed to do it because he's a huge fan of the game. Okay. But uh he couldn't do it because of scheduling. So they just had a guy who was like Spielberg do it. But then I'm thinking, so the the footage that you showed me where Cage is fighting where it's the movie, Spielberg would have shoot it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no. So. so I wonder if Spielberg came to the set, maybe Paul W.S. Anderson would have been like, hey, Steven, you want to just. This is what we're doing. He was like, pass. Just a little bit of a scene. <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard pass. I thought that the, the best line of the movie should have been the tagline and it's the ultimate critique of the movie. So it's the tagline and the ultimate critique of the movie is when Sonya Blade is on the boat and she's like a handful of people on a leaky boat are going to save the world. That should have been the tagline and that should have been the critique of it. A handful of people on a leaky boat are going to save the world. Exactly. I, I like right that. There. Yeah. Well, just that. That's it right there. But they did not. Now. I don't know if you know this recipe. I know you know this, that they didn't screen this for critics. I do know. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's not a good thing. So they knew off the bat. I mean, it made, listen, it made money. You can't knock it. And they got a sequel out of it. I can't knock it there. 
people wanted to see it so that they, it was probably at the height of its popularity. When the game come out? Uh, 95. I was thinking the same. This had to have been when Mortal Kombat 2 was out. When was the first? When the first, Well, this is not when... I don't know if people are aware of this, but back in the day, there used to be arcades and you used to go to these arcades <laughs> right. and play video games. I miss that, Russ. I do. Well, miss this also, arcades. too, introduced the MSRB rating because of the blood and violence okay. in, in the game itself. So when it came out on home console, they're like, we need a way to like so young kids won't maybe get this and that's why also there was like the blood code you needed to unlock the blood right. it was white so it looked like they were sweating so this is the home video for the home video version yes okay okay home, yeah, yeah. home game version so you home right video. yeah all right but that but in the game in the arcade yeah it's whatever it yeah. is what it is like okay. seeing like you know the fatalities in your young kid in like sub-zero rips this dude's head off and you're like oh my god like yeah, was, what is this you've never seen that before in any arcade game well you bring up sub-zero like did he do like he did one move that i saw him do where he was like crouching he was like making an ice sculpture out of his crotch or something and, he, <laughs> and like was that in the that's not in the game yeah his, is that in the game the ice throw yeah it well, like take five minutes to load up, which, by the way, <laughs> every character with the special move takes eight minutes to load up their special move in this movie. Why is no <laughs> one punching him when they're they doing that? Fought, they should have fought like you have fought with them in the game where he's just like. If Shang Tsung's bringing up all these guys, he's like, I'm jamming that high kick button and just spamming his face until he falls down flat. Why is no one punching him in the nose? I mean, I did not like Scorpion's when the thing comes out of his palm and it looks so bad. You see, I don't like. The effect's not good anymore, but yeah. I do think it's interesting instead of making it just a spear to make it like a, a creature yeah, that follows. That, that, I thought that was kind of cool. died on the. That, I thought that was yeah. funny too. It just splats and they lose. He's it. fighting Johnny Cage and right. it hits the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, say before you were talking about Sub Zero like doing his ice crotch thing. <laughs> <laughs> they did have in the banquet hall, um, like Sang Sung was like, "Here's a preview," and they had this guy, you know, bulked up. I love, and he was right, fighting, right, and yeah. he shot the ice ball pretty. Pretty fast there. Better, yeah, yeah. Better than he was just like really ramping Again, it up. Again, this guy's like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm gonna, oh yeah, oh yeah. And like, <laughs> it was just like, all right. Mm. Well, two, right. Things, two things about that scene. One, they all just sat down to eat and then they're like, no, fuck it, you ain't eating. And they flip all the tables <laughs> This is off. what you can expect. And, not, and the second thing, like, so you're gonna fight now one of Shang Tsung's champions, Sub Zero. You're gonna win. You've got no, no one knows your face because you're wearing a mask at the 80 other people behind you. You're, right. you're clearly there to lose. Why are you fighting? <laughs> Just to show he, how he drew the short straw back, I guess. <laughs> but like, so, and then at some point when they started having the matches, which there's no rhyme or reason, the tourneys, it's a tournament, but there's no seating. There's no like who fights who and, and when do you fight what and what, who's your ranking? None of that. It's just like, like sometimes they're like, I challenge you. And then other times like Johnny Cage just walking in the woods and he starts Scorpion. Um, we're going to fight. I think they just basically the rule is if Shang Tsung wants somebody to fight, they got to fight. Or if somebody wants to fight somebody else, as long as you fight them. It's right. everybody's fair game. Well, my point is that they started. So then when they started having the fights and they started having the audience of, of turbaned men or masked men um, watching the fight, there was all these, they always had these two guys, these two twins that didn't have a mask. And like at towards the end of it, they kept like screaming. Yeah. And they would look at the issue and go, yeah. I'm like, why do these guys not have masks? I didn't notice those guys. Are those the writers? I are did notice the two bikers. I don't know if you noticed those. They're like two biker guys. I imagine are from earth realm who are just like always cheering and they look so out of place because they look like they're bikers from Arizona. <laughs> they're probably oh my from God. the crew. They're probably like uh, got union guys from the crew. Like we need more people in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I need everybody offset. Uh, the two sound guys are still there. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do we keep them for the rest of the movie <laughs> not that i want to uh, well i don't care if i'm crapping all over the movie so um i will bring up something i did like about the movie oh my god 
what's the music? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's obviously the electric. But like at one point, I wanted them to when they were fighting and they started playing. I wanted them just to pan up to the DJ in the corner. Be like, <laughs> yeah, fight! <laughs> I will say this. I think I, it's a note I wrote. The fighting that's not so great is amped up a little bit by the music because you're a little amped up as the music's going. So it kind of right, helps right. some okay, of the fight. So then what, how about this? What is what do you think is your is the best fight and what is the worst fight? How about that? Well, I'll leave it up for both of you because I'm going to say it's all bad, but no, I'm saying, but like, what would you think is the best and what's the worst? Mm. Interesting. I've stumped them. The best fight's probably the Liu Kang reptile fight because it's got the most actual combat in it, would be my opinion. Yeah. Possibly the Johnny Cage scorpion fight. Right. I was leaning towards that one because it's closer to at least the game. Right. And you get to see scorpion shoot his flame like fatality. Right. His mask or whatever. And everybody gets to do something. Not right, just stand right. there and get killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are definitely the best. The worst fight would probably be the Sonya Blade Kano fight is not good. No, no. It's she lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> she lost and she grabs her he- his head in the handstand. I'm sorry. I don't care how strong, even if you're like a 300 pound guy that's just all muscle, you're not keeping that handstand and his head in place at the yeah. same time with that. Well, you can't. Like, did, did Kano purposely shave his chest hair to look like a vagina? <laughs> like he the way he, his personality is maybe he, he was like oh he's like oh, i'm rough I'm on it. and then he comes out com- everything's obviously cl- completely waxed except this like p- triangle patch on his on his chest and i'm just like what you're supposed to be this like underworld boss right 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 triangle patches are all the right <laughs> i do like the guy well the guy who plays kano trevor goddard i think really did a great job as kano really like I mean, kind of hemmed it up, but like really made him really sleazy in oh, a way yeah. that I don't think he was in the game. In the game, he's just a bad guy who goes after Sonya because he killed her partner. And in this, he really sleazes it up, really gets kind of, I don't know, rapey with his dialogue. Well, it's the 90s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait um, a minute. Um, he was supposed to be, he's Japanese American in the game. That's what I read. And they changed him to Australian because he did it in Australian accent, but he's actually British, but he did it in an Australian, Australian accent. accent. So they changed his background. They changed, but that's the thing. It's like, he's so good in this movie as this army right, right. bad guy that the rest of all of the video game franchise has turned him into Australian. Oh, really? From then on, oh, he okay. got changed okay. because of how good a job he did. Now, um, what's his face? Shang Tsung, when in the beginning says to Kano, whatever, if you touch her, I'm going to make you, you'll be needing a seeing eye dog. So he can't see out of his red eye. That's he's blind. He only uses, he uses the laser, which okay. I don't understand why they're not using because that's a big part of the game is using right. his laser eye. Yeah. And also you're just having this guy with this red glass eye thing. They're not like explaining it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought in the machinima series, like it was better yeah. used and, and put to use. I yeah. actually started watching it again and I didn't finish it. I think I'm going to finish it just because I, I liked it when it first came out. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And like there's people in it, Jerry Ryan, Michael J. White. So, I mean, I was, I was, I was cool with that. Not so much with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, Raiden was pretty good. Christopher Lambert ate up the scenery just like sh- uh, for the good guys as much right. as uh, Tagawa hammed it up for the bad guys. I love his laugh. That's just like so weird. Like <laughs> just because you do this. <laughs> it's very akin to like the old like Japanese animes and stuff like that. Right, where you right. like just have this guy who can barely speak English or it's a dubbed and he just laughs his weird laugh just because. Why are you telling us all this? What about the others? They're all great fighters. But I have looked into their souls. And yours. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. 
The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he, I guess, um, I don't know if the writer, the creators of the original game, um, they weren't a, they weren't fans, uh, or I don't know who it was them, but they weren't fans of Raiden being jokey. They wanted like Raiden one. He's always wanted, very serious in the game, right? Yeah. And, well, that, I I guess Anderson encouraged them to improvise. So like Cage, um, Ashby who played Cage and Lambert who played um, Raiden were the ones that improvised the most, and obviously that you could tell. Oh you know, yeah, when you hear their jokes, you know, some of them are funny. Well, that works for Johnny like Cage. Like all of them. What? what? Johnny Cage is such a douche, an unlikable douche all the time. That <sighs> it's like, it really works for his character to say jokes right. that are just like, oh, yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> he, he He's another one. I mean, like, going back to my notes, Johnny Cage, casual stalker, casual creep. Like, he's like, like, I and Sonya all the time. Like, hey, what's up? Like, looking down her shirt at some, like, when, oh, like, when you look at the dress, well, I like nice at, dress. At the <laughs> end of the thing, there's no rhyme or reason why. She has is completely they remove her wardrobe and she's wearing some gladiator style dress. Oh, yeah. There's no reason for that, except for your eight, eight year old self when you're watching the movie <laughs> back in 95 going, what are these feelings I feel now? That's, that's a, <laughs> I'll capture Sonya Blade and make it so that it looks like she's in an 80s metal cover. Honestly, it's <laughs> like, what, why are you going to wait? What happened here? My favorite. But that's but also what I wanted to talk about the wardrobe with Sonya was like she gets on the island she comes over she's wearing her tactical gear not to mention the fact that her and Jax are running a solo op in a foreign country without, clearly without no authorization from the United States uh, I believe in the game they're part of a UN uh, sanctioned tactical yeah, UN don't like carry guns but okay regardless <laughs> of that um, comes over she's got a black shirt black like uh, sweater shirt it's like a right? sweater and black pants then she fights on the beach and those shorts are cut. Now her pants have been cut into shorts and now she's wearing a tank top. Okay, fine. Next time we see her, she has pants again and the same shirt. So you reattach the pants you cut? Are they cut or is it just that's a different <laughs> outfit? I'm sh- listen, I didn't see any showers at this place where they're at this temple they were. I didn't she see didn't any turn down service. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, no one had a bag except Johnny Cage who lost them all in that phony ass uh, matte painting. He only lost a couple. He's still <laughs> There's there's some inconsistencies. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, my biggest complaint about the movie is clearly they say flawless victory about 80 times, and ev- only one time flawless. is there an actual flawless victory. That's correct. Every other time, someone's getting hit. And in Mortal Kombat rules, as everybody clearly knows, <laughs> if you get hit and if even a slither of health is taken out, it's no longer flawless. Right. Absolutely. These people don't deserve that flawless victory. Come the on. First one, the first time he says it, that was fine. He went for the it, jump yep. kick. Sub-Zero froze him and he broke into pieces. That was flawless victory. Yeah, yeah but he didn't. He said it. We don't. Flawless victory. And then Liu Kang saying it. It's like, first of all, Liu Kang, you don't get to say it. Not Secondly. W- not with your mullet. You got hit a <laughs> bunch of freaking times. He did. I, I, I mean, I, I, I always love martial arts movies because they get the crap kicked out of them, but no blood. No, no bruises. They're fine. Everyone's <laughs> fine. You know, shake it off. Shake it off. Some icy hot right. the next day. <laughs> um, I, I, back to the effects. I know we keep going back and forth, but I want to because I have this note and I wanted to ask Russ this since you are a gamer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the effects reminded me like of a PC game effects from the nineties. Okay, like like that kind of effect, like when you're playing the game on the PC and it goes to a cutscene. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever played this game. I play this. I played a couple versions of this game. Uh, do you remember the Tex Murphy games? It's it's like a it's about a detective who's in San Francisco, but it's San Francisco of the future, and you have to, he he has to solve a crime. It's like it's a lot of like live action in front of green screen, like okay. they act out stuff, but you do have to like you 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 search uh, like a, a 
a scene of a crime and stuff like that. Yeah, Do you yeah. ever remember those games? Text I mean, Murphy? it sounds like some games that were on Sega CD that yep. were almost like right. that. Okay. That were mystery, um, almost like adventure games. Yeah, mm-hmm. point and click adventure games. Because the effects in that were, the effects in this movie felt like I like I remember when I used to play those games because I played a couple. I played there was like maybe two or three games that they did of, yeah, that, yeah. of that character. And it was just a PC game. And I just always remember that game. But it, like the effects were very similar. Well, I wonder if like that was almost done intentional to be like a throwback because it is a game, right. the game movie. And then you'll be like, oh, it's kind of like in the game. Or if, we can't, yeah, if we can't have a big enough budget, right. well, I think, I think the 18, then we better yeah. go this way, route with it. Uh, I think know? the $18 million budget had a lot to do with what you saw on screen. Um, it obviously did not matter because it made, like we said, there, uh, I mean, they were banking on all the young kids going out to right. see this movie. I, and you're going to go right. as a family, you, you know, bring your mom, dad, and you got two brothers. <laughs> Come on, dad, let's go see, uh, let's go let's see, see, let's go see Kano. Um, well, the original script was R and New Line was like, no, it needs to be PG-13 so so we can have more of an audience. Right. Which obviously, New Line knew what they're talking about because that's, that's probably why they made a lot of their money. Uh, because it was PG thirteen for this this iteration of the film. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely, absolutely. The um thing that bothers me more than the effects, <laughs> um, which the, uh, there are pretty bad, <laughs> is the I, I commented before about how good the sets looked. Right, mm-hmm. right. The lighting to light those sets, okay, was so freaking bad <laughs> all the time. Like they they'd have a great set where I'm like they put a lot of work in this. This set's pretty big. They put a lot of work into it. Let's put some blue LEDs here. Let's put some red lights here. Let's just light this sucker with incandescent bulbs from behind <laughs> and blow it out. And it's just like all blown out. And like there's so much detail in the sets and they just ruin it with these weird light. Like Outworld looks cool, which I get Outworld has supposed to have that bluish purple light in the games, but it's just like too much. Right. And it really kind of ruins what I thought was actually really good set design. Well, when they're in the Outworld, it's such a big scene, like in such a wide shot and they're walking yeah. that whole thing. You have to light. The entire thing, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you ha- so I'm sure that's just huge, huge lights stacked up there, you know, with whatever on them. I, 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 w- I, I guess back then we you're, you're probably got gels on there. Now you don't use LEDs. Oh, they LEDs clearly now. have gels. Yeah. Um, but I would say like when the final fight, uh, when he fights Shang Tsung, Liu Kang fights Shang Tsung. They get up on that ridge, right? They he walks up that steps and they're fighting in front of the oh, right. Yeah. Like start coming out. Right. And they're fighting and they they oh, the shot is just them two you know side by side a two shot and you see the spikes they fight like that blah, blah, blah. then like at some point Shang Tsung kicks Liu Kang or whatever he goes off the screen and then they they cut to a shot you have never seen before where it's Liu Kang obviously away from the balcony and now there's these two double doors behind him they break the rule at, yeah right and there is this light that's shining that's backlit like really but like a spotlight that's on him so like you know because he can look cool with the with the smoke behind him that's fine yeah my point is that. When they cut back to Shang Tsung, now his face is light. It's like bright blue from that bulb. It's like that light was never there in the when you, they first got up there. You only had that light all of a sudden when Liu Kang now Leaves. is being shown. Yeah, yeah it's be, left the frame, and now you've created another frame shot. All of a sudden, now he's lit up. So right. to that point, yeah, that that that's. I, I think the lighting really does a disservice to the film. I don't the think sets. they're. I don't think they're thinking about that. I think they're thinking about a fight scene. Let's get it done. This is the end. Well, like, he's, he's never yeah. really done a big fight scene before. So I mean, and I get it. Like, but that's that's learning that's, about fight scenes and stuff like that. It's it's complicated. There's a but, lot of moving parts. I. I get that, but that's more about knowing just kind of like your, your frame, like what's in your frame. Like, you know, 
they may get they, almost like like let's say for instance just for example they got up there and they were fighting and they're like okay wait a minute we need to get him on the edge so Luke Kang's got to leave frame so we're gonna have to go to another shot maybe they didn't think about that you know what I mean until well, I got you yeah right, right. but so, also you, you got to move the fight you you just broke the line mm-hmm. right there and you went around and you well, disoriented explain that for so people when that. you fought, when you film something anything it doesn't have to be a fight scene you generally speaking you do almost like a semicircle you don't Past that one line, whatever your straight line is right there, you don't really pass it, or you're going to confuse the. So one eighty to so one eighty world, yeah. yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna make it look like all of a sudden someone's on the left is on the right and vice versa, mm-hmm. and really change the set because, like you said, now there's a door on the other side that we didn't know about right. stuff like that, and especially in a fight scene, you don't really want to do that because you've all all of a sudden in a in a, a shot and a set of actions where it's almost a little difficult to tell what's going on as well. And you're trying right, it's so fast. You, it's fast. You're telling the story based on action and camera movement. Now all of a sudden you've used the camera to confuse your audience. And unless you're purposely doing it to confuse your audience, it's something that as far as I've learned, you, you don't want to do. If you want to do it, you need to really have a purpose to do it. And just to make Liu Kang look cool is not, <laughs> is not a purpose to, to break that rule. The 180 rule. Not that I mean, uh, this is going to be weird, but not that I'm now going to bring up a Hitchcock reference in a, in an episode we're talking about Mortal Kombat, but Hitchcock always talks about, and I think a lot of other filmmakers do too, but like every shot in your movie needs to mean something. Right. You can't just flippantly have a shot where you don't, it it doesn't, you know, it's just there to there. Like I... I don't like it when I when I talk to people who are making movies or making films or, or you know, talk to friends of mine and they're, and they're talking about their experiences on set and they're talking about like, you know, oh, the director is just kind of like, oh, we'll just get a medium shot. Just get this. We'll just do that. Just it's like, yeah, but, but, but why? Like, there has to be a reason why you do shots. I, again, yeah. I'm going to reference another movie in the Mortal Kombat episode. Did you, you guys both saw Dead Man Walking? Actually, yeah. did you guys both see Donnie Brasco? Yeah. Okay. So in Donnie Brasco, when they are together in the back of it, the, they're in the back of the car and they're, it's a two shot and they're kind of like, um, they're just having a conversation. Okay. But it's just a two shot. Okay. Right. But then they start fighting and it goes to one shots. Boom, 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 boom. They're no longer in the, now they're no longer in the frame together because they're no longer simpatico. They're no longer friends. They're, they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. And dead man walking that's with, uh, Sean Penn where he's, uh, he's on death row and Susan Sarandon is playing a, a, a nun who's like befriended him. Okay. And he's like, it's all about, did he do this? What he did and stuff like that. But when she first meets him, right. He's got the screen in front of him because he's behind bars and they're not, but you know, so she meets him several times and the screens in front of him and they're not, you know, like they're not on the same side. She's not, she's just met him. But when at some point when they develop their relationship, when he trusts her or she is connected to him, the screen is no longer there. It's there, but it's no longer there in the shot because they are together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so like stuff like that, like visually, you see all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When you do put something on screen, everything needs to mean something. It can't just be like a throwaway shot back to Mortal Kombat. (laughs) I agree. I think a lot of these are just kind of like, let's just get it done as well. Something I learned, and I did take I, when I was taking classes. Uh, I had a professional fight choreographer as my fight teacher in, in college, the university. Um, when we learned about, oh, you, hold on, pimp the college. Come on, at Hofstra University. There you go. <laughs> what are they? What are the? What is their? Uh, what is their like uh, mascot? A lion. Okay, go lions. All right, go, <laughs> go pride is what they oh, say. What the hell, Butler? <laughs> Fine, noob. I don't care. I didn't go to Hofstra. <laughs> anyway, I went to Southern. Uh, so lions. my. Fight choreographer, Ooh. professor, uh, Robert Wesley. We always talked about how fights need to tell a story. Right. And the fights in Mortal Kombat 
don't tell a story. And I think that's also probably why they're weak. We're going to throw a high punch here and a low punch there. They don't really tell any kind of story about anything. Even the, like the fight with Liu Kang and Shang Tsung should be the easiest fight to tell a story. The fight between Kano and Sonya should be the easiest fight to tell a story because they have personal connections. Right. You can easily tell like, oh, he's got her. Now he doesn't have her. Oh, now her pain is really represented in this fight. And now she can't do it. Oh, she gets back up. And you have a give and take. The Bourne Ultimatum, the Bourne Supremacy, the Bourne movies all have that in their fights. So does Casino Royale. Zoro, when we were looking at Zoro, Zoro has that a lot in the, a lot of their sword fights. This just is fighting for fighting. Right. It, it, it never really has a rhyme or reason in terms of give or take or anything like that. You look at a movie like The Raid, yep. um, which luckily the Mortal Kombat reboot that's coming out is going to have a lot of actors from the raid right 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 those fights are all connected to the main character's connection with his brother or family member i don't really remember you're talking about the the, the first one the original raid right Uh, it's his brother i thought it was his brother right yeah and each floor they get to represents like either anger fear or the hopelessness of the 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 officers from ever getting Yeah, 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 yeah each fight represents something or has to tell a story whereas here they don't at all they just throw elbows to throw elbows and, and it's a move to be cool to be fair they probably didn't give a shit because they were like we know what we got we're gonna we've got a built-in audience because everyone loves the game right, let's just right, get it out there right. and let's like mix i mean it, for 18 million dollars they just they their first opening weekend was 23 million immediately they made most of their money back i get that you know what i mean so they're just like eh, whatever who cares but you know who would have cared would be probably paul <laughs> ws anderson this is his first movie, like first big movie. So I can't really. He had so many I movie can't, parts that yeah, he was just I like, mean, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we talked about like it's not always one person that affects a movie, and you know whether we don't like certain styles or not. Right. He made a movie, so I mean, so you can't knock exactly. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like a lot about this movie. Well, how um, about this? This is fun. But did you guys have any problems with any of the, and not the actors in terms of like oh they're terrible but like in terms of their portrayals of the of the characters did you would you have preferred somebody different or did you not like did you like Ashby as Cage did you like Liu Kang just uh, Robin Shaw as Liu Kang Liu Kang I thought is great right he, um, he did portray him pretty much very good yeah, yeah. Carrie Tagawa as Shang Tsung is like the oh Shang yeah Tsung. absolutely did you know that Cameron Diaz was supposed to play Sonya I might have liked that but I'm, I'm not either she, like she was going to play Sonya she was her, she broke her wrist when she was training uh, so then they had uh because because then Bridgie Wilson stepped in so it was going to be Cameron Diaz because okay. Cam, Cameron Diaz was I think off the mask right so yeah would you have liked that I would have. I probably would have liked that. I mean, I don't hate Brigitte Wilson as as Sonia, but she didn't really like do anything amazing with it. And neither did the actress who plays Sonia in the second one. True. Who I did think was a little tougher, and I believed her to be more of a, a military person. Right. That's the only vibe I didn't really get like, with her portraying Sonia in this. Like, I don't really get that tactical. she could kill like, she's yeah. really, I don't know. Forcing the I'm um, tactical and in a whatever. It's <laughs> right. Like, right. You didn't, you I didn't believe her snapping Kano's neck either. Like she just didn't seem like the person who would snap his neck. Right. That's not the character she kind of portrayed when she goes, okay. And then she snaps his neck. Like I didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, all right. What did say? Give me a break. Give Is me. That- yeah. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did like her. Her. Okay. I like how she delivered the line, but right. I didn't believe her character would be capable of that. Um, like but, in terms of like this, that's not what she's about. Right. But right. the second Sonya Blade, I might have believed a little bit more, and I don't remember the actress. Well, that's I think that's the problem with Annihilation. Now that we're talking about the sequel, um, which I the recasting of the characters. Yeah, every, nobody's in that. That's like, well, I know there's a couple. Robin like, shows Raiden's different. Raiden's uh, is Christian. yeah. No, he's not in it. It's uh, they kill Johnny right away. 
Did they really? Yeah, right off the bat. Is it the same character, same actor? I don't even remember. I know he gets his back broken and he gets killed by uh, Shao Kahn right away. Jeez. It opens. Right he goes. Yeah, I don't even know if Shao I, I, I don't even know if I saw this one. I got the DVD. Yeah, that's See, okay. that's why you like. Keep it. I'll never watch. <laughs> you keep saying I'll never watch Annihilation, but honestly, like I know you don't like this movie. Annihilation is not all that. Well, I felt like they tried to cram but way too many did. characters. All of a sudden, you get Cyrax in Annihilation for no reason. Whoa, Jax, watch out. It's Cyrax. Oh, that guy. <laughs> I don't know who Cyrax is. Cyrax is basically, imagine him as the robot version of Scorpion. Okay. He's not Scorpion. Well, what game did he come into? Mortal Kombat 3, okay. where they went, let's take all the characters everyone loves and let's just not use them. Have they added? Yeah. Have they? So, have, just this is a, I guess, a video game question. Yes. Have they added more characters since 1, 2, and 3, or has it always been the same? Or They've added a few here and there. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. of them rotate out. Um, Air Mac is more of a Mortal Kombat, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 or 4 character. Well, now with like up to 11, you kind of get the rounded out cast. You had the core people. Right. And then what people liked after that. Some characters even were made through rumors in games. I do. Yeah. Where, you know, um, Ermac and Noob Cybot, and they're like, who's this guy in the background? And these, you know, it's almost post internet and, you know, stories would travel around. Right. And they actually made the character out of this. Well, isn't Noob not even, was not actually in the game? The guy's name no. is Noob? Well, the guy's well, name's so Noob? His name's Noob Cybot. Oh, and he was like basically it's this urban Tobias, legend. Well, it's Tobias Boone backwards, and he was one of the programmers. Or I, I Ed Boone forget. and John uh, and Tobi- uh, yeah. Tobias, right? John Tobias were the creators of Mortal Kombat. Right, well, I so think they, they wrote all of them, right? Well, Tobias left um, Mortal Kombat at some point, probably after three or four. Okay, and it's been Ed Boone ever since. So it's like an Easter egg. They just named it Noob Cybot. <laughs> but people kept saying, "Oh, there's this all black ninja that's somewhere in the game," and he never really was. But the programmers liked that it was an urban legend, so they're like. Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like he 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 didn't have any color, like like green or red or yellow. Yeah, they were just saying he would see in, in Mortal Kombat two, um, like you would see um reptile pop out of like the tree in the background yeah. and this and that. And then on one of the bridge fights, there was a bridge in the foreground, and you would see someone out there in like a red, and they're like, Oh, well, this is like you have to do you have to win, you know. 20 matches and and not get hit and do this fatality here to unlock the character oh, or whatever. Okay. You know, here's the stipulations. But it was like all fake, but they ended up making the characters in future games. That's cool, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've got very going to the video game. So, Russ, why don't since I mean, unless you have other stuff to add, Mike, I don't really think I do. I mean, the thing I was just going to bring up before you brought up the video games was that your hatred of Mortal Kombat 2. I know you don't like this movie. What Annihilation? Yeah, Annihilation, I just don't remember it. Annihilation is is I don't think any worse, but also no better than this movie. Yeah, I don't know if so I'm I don't watch know. it. I wonder what the budget I'm gonna was watch compared. The, I think the I'm gonna, probably a little bit more, but not by much. I'm right. gonna rewatch. I think I'm gonna rewatch the Machinima series. The Machinima series I'd is like good because I remember watching it and I never completed it, so I kind of want to watch it. But I don't know if I'll go I, beyond that. I, I will say this, and I mean, I guess this is a credit to the movie. Still, is after watching this movie, I wanted to, and then I own them all, so I guess that doesn't. You wanted help to play them. the game. I wanted to play the game. So no, I mean, I'll, I'll play. Nineteen ninety-five. It. it still made me want to. Like, if I didn't have Mortal Kombat eleven, then I'd right. be like, "Is this?" And I used to always work at the fourplex and uh, in the Milford over here, and we had the game. We had the first game in the corner, and uh, we'd be playing all the time. <laughs> One time this kid was playing it, and he like he was playing the game. He was on the clock, and the district manager came in. I was like. 
He, don't, he like he, I think I don't know if he got fired or he got in trouble, but he got because <laughs> he was just like playing the game. Like it was just like dude, you're he's like fun. worth it. Yeah, it's like because you had clip on ties back then. So you had the clip on tie on top of the game, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got fired, but I beat Shao Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> did you see my high score? <laughs> Second place. Man. Second place. <laughs> Look what I did with the initials. No, I, I, Ass. I, 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 the music's cool. I like the music. Every time the music played, my quote in the viewing note was like, play that fucking music every time I played. But yeah, no, so that, that's fine. Finish him. Um, all right. So why don't we get to, because the rest of you have like 85 things you do. So um, <laughs> why don't you plug? Why don't you let everyone know? Let our audience of five people know. Um, oh, five people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let everyone know, like, you know, kind of like what you do and what you're, and maybe what's coming up for you or something right, like right. that. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so basically, you know, I'm a content creator. Majority of my stuff is on YouTube. Uh, I've been on YouTube over 10 years and uh, the channel's slowly growing. I do about three videos a week. And it varies from DIY projects, uh, having to do with like gaming related stuff. I drive a custom Mario car, fully uh, custom from the interior. The outside has Mario and Luigi on it. I have a blue shell that's on the roof. And, you know, I have videos of me making parts for the car, making the shell or doing the interior on it. And I often take that to car shows or video game shows. Um, just recently, Hartford. Um, was Retro World Expo, and I got to park the car inside and show it off so people could take pictures and stuff like that. But I travel out to these game conventions. Next week, I'm flying out to Portland, Oregon for their game convention. And oftentimes, I get invited to other game conventions around the country and kind of do coverage on that. Other than that, you know, I have Twitter, Instagram, where I'll post video game pickups that I get or what I'm working on um, DIY stuff. Uh, I recently painted my Nintendo Switch. The Switch Lite came out and they had these really cool colors. And I was like, I don't need a Switch Lite, but I like those colors. <laughs> so I painted mine and kind of showed you how you could do it yourself for, you know, under 15 bucks if you get some spray paint cans. And on Twitter, you're at Russ Lyman. Yeah, everything I keep uniform, Russ Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N. Um, Facebook, Two Instagram, yep. yeah. Facebook or, or Russ Sly Man, <laughs> Rusty Man, or <laughs> some other variations that people have called me. <laughs> and you also stream video games as well. Yeah, I uh, I mostly stream on YouTube. I did download Mixer, and I might give that a go. I heard it's not as uh, saturated as Twitch, but um, nice. maybe I'll stream some Mortal Kombat. 11. In your custom, uh, well, yeah, Jason it'd, be, it'd be really it'd be really cool to stream some Mortal Kombat with us there promoting this episode. Oh wow! Hey, you're maybe. welcome to come over. Maybe it's already uh, maybe it's already happened since we, this episode we, came out. After maybe we yeah, check passed the show or played Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's a lot of games to pass or play. All of them. <laughs> it's a one minute episode. Get it's a one minute episode. Five seconds for each game. <laughs> Up through eleven. It's just gonna be me going like, why won't it work? Why won't this work? <laughs> Hi guys, me and Mike Field. <laughs> Mike Buller here. Me and Mike Field have played every Mortal Kombat up through 11. Let's watch how Field did. No, no. <laughs> I'm doing the up and down. Maybe you should have uppercut me. I'll press the block button. I'm blocking. Uh, Classic. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Victory. All right. Flawless. I guess I'm plugging my stuff now? No. What don't. are you saying to me? I said go. Do you want me to go? I'll go. Well, then right. go. <laughs> hey, guys. Mike Butler here. Bye. Make a fun of Russ? That's fucked up. No, that I know. <laughs> Russ, what you doing? Hey, Russ, what you doing? All right, guys. So, Mike Buller here. I do two other podcasts. I've got. <laughs> they crack, know it's you. Cracking one open with Elise. <laughs> I've got 
Crack one open with Mike and Elise, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews, where every episode we crack open a new uh, brew or drink, and we talk about a little bit about uh, where it was from, the type of uh, drink it is, uh, the style, the history of it. And while we're sipping on that, we talk about the latest pop culture news, uh, what's out in the world of streaming, the movies, TV, all that kind of stuff, and what's coming out. It's mostly Star Trek nerd stuff, right? Uh, no, but I do have like a like like you're I do nerd. here. I have to point out whenever Star Trek stuff happens because you're a nerd. Exactly. <laughs> I also do James Bond stuff. That's anyway, <laughs> did you see the posters out? I I did see that. Okay. Nerd. <laughs> and I've got two player bros, a podcast about two brothers who play way too many video games. You join myself and my brother Alex as we talk about the latest in uh, video game news, reviews, and previews. We cover every system from Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation to PC and VR. Sounds like you're horning in on Russ's business. Here. A little bit. Jeez, oh, Russ, I would. Be you guys are on my show too. I've also been on Russ's show. That's how I'm a three timer. Why well, how come he's not on your show? Okay, it's not three player bros. Uh, because as of this recording, uh, <laughs> hopefully I've done agent. more. I have not done uh, a lot of two player bros lately. Well, I need cool. to come over and see Alex's new game room. Oh, his game room is pretty dope. Should and we... he's got a Mortal Kombat cabinet. Oh, oh wow. Here Very we go. good. Yeah. But the show's still not going on. <laughs> <laughs> By the time this comes out, the show will be out. <laughs> Anyway. Game over. <laughs> You can find both of those podcasts Flawless wherever podcasts victory. can be found, and you can <laughs> join, uh, see us on all social media websites as well. Hey guys, uh, you know where I am, MichaelDfield.com. Uh, all right, I also create content, Russ. Um, mostly, uh, most of the time it's short films, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I got one coming out, uh, coming up. Uh, hopefully, I'm shooting that in December, and uh, that's it. I'm just writing. I'm working on a compilation called Welcome to Brookville. Uh, which was uh, a town that was in the second Adam Parker book, Adam Parker and the High School Bully, which is available on Amazon. So feel free to uh, just search Michael Field, no S, and uh, you'll find it. That's it. And then I got this podcast. Obviously, we always like to plug this podcast. So please feel free to rate and review Forgotten Cinema. Uh, tell your friends, tell everyone you know that uh, Mike and Mike and Russ for this episode uh, like to talk about movies and... Uh, we like to think that we keep it entertaining and we're not, you know, I mean, I'm not as douchey as Butler, but, you know, that is douchey. <laughs> you hate everything. I don't hate everything. You I hate, didn't. I, I, gave, I, I like the, the music. music. You did. You did give this more of a chance than I thought you would based on our conversations before the episode. Now listen, I told you that I'm not I'm not a jerk. I mean, but like, I think this is a good idea for Forgotten Cinema Fight Club. I think this is like uh, I like this. idea. I think for Forgotten Cinema Fight Club, we have to be a little bit more uh, on each other. Like just like excuse me, what the heck kind of what kind of podcast is that? On each other, not like on each other. Go, that's another podcast, <laughs> which is completely fine. But like a little bit more, just like you you're joking. You keep well, it, right? I think you for that podcast, it would just be like we we do rounds, like ding round one round. Like we oh, actually, like do, yeah, 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 like okay. that. See, we like we like to brainstorm while we're wasting everyone's time. <laughs> 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 All right, so. uh Thanks again, Russ. Thanks for stopping yeah, by. Absolutely. Next time you got a crappy uh, video game movie you want us to talk about, we'll be more than happy to. I am not doing Street Fighter, so don't ask. No, nah, I'm talking about the, the new bag. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we're, we're glad to have you. We're glad to, I don't know. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks right. for having me. Yeah. Right. Join um, us next week. Oh, I've, I, was, I was getting there. Oh, were you? I no. thought you were ending it. Okay. I was, no, I was going to end it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, join us next Go ahead. You, you were doing it. Go ahead. I don't remember what we're doing oh, next week. I just wanted to remind you. We're, we're, we're recording it in five days. So, join us next week oh, when we're right. going to be. We're actually, is this the first sequel that we're doing? Yes. I think it is. So, we're doing, and this is our first sequel. Um, 
uh, so we're going to be doing the Jack Nicholson directed this movie. Uh, it's called The Two Jakes. It's actually a sequel to Chinatown. So everyone knows Chinatown and Chinatown's fantastic. Um, but, uh, you know, The Two Jakes is a sequel to that. It's actually just the character uh, that Jack Nicholson plays carried over. He actually directed this movie and it's well, I like it. I, you've never seen it. I didn't even know. Uh, I knew it existed, yeah. but I had never it's, seen it. It was one of the. It's one of those movies that when I first watched, it was like, "This is a sequel to Jonathan." I watched, it, I was like, I, I, "It's not half bad." I mean, I, I enjoyed it. So I'm interested to see if you you enjoyed. It. Of course, I've never seen it since, so maybe I won't enjoy it again. So I don't know. I don't know. So that's next week's. Join us next week. We're doing the two Jakes. So uh, feel free to find it wherever you want, and then listen to us uh, chat about it. Nice. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening here, guys. My name is Mike Field. I'm uh, Mike Butler, and this has been Forgotten Cinema. I should have said this movie sucks. Oh, it's